Welcome to another episode of Laboratory Considerations from Q Squared Solutions. I'm your host, Chris Connor. Q Squared Solutions is a leading clinical trial laboratory services organization with end to end laboratory services and secure enterprise wide biospecimen and consent management solutions. Q Squared Solutions uses its global experience and scientific expertise to transform science and data into actionable insights that help customers improve human health. This joint venture of IQVIA and Quest Diagnostics combines the best of each parent organization's capabilities to treat each sample as if a life depends upon it. Joining me on this podcast are Steve Lowe's. Dr. Lowe's is a senior scientific director at Q Squared Solutions, leading the scientific disciplines around LCMS bioanalysis for both small molecule and biomolecule applications. Dr. Lowe's, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Also joining us today is Barry Jones. Dr. Jones is director of LCMS biologics and biomarkers at Q Squared Solutions. He leads the large molecule LCMS method development group and is particularly interested in the application of hybrid immunoaffinity LCMSMS methods to high throughput bioanalysis, which is our topic today. Dr. Jones, welcome to you as well. Thank you, Chris. So let's start off with a little bit of background for each of you. Uh, <clears throat> Steve, I'll let you go first. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, I've been with Q-squared Solutions now for around 25 years, and my whole career has been in liquid chromatography and mass spectrometry. Uh, I oversee the site here in Ithaca, New York, which is focused on the regulatory applications of LCMS. So I also have a lot of interactions across our bioanalytical community with our clients, with uh, colleagues, even with competitors, with regard to discussions around where the future of mass spectrometry is and the compliance with the, the regulatory requirements. So, yes, this has been a, a life's work so far. All right. And um, Dr. Jones, uh, tell us a little bit about your background as well. Yeah, uh, thanks, Chris. You, you'd mentioned uh, uh, I'm director of LCMS Biologics and Biomarkers here at Q Squared Solutions at our Ithaca site. Um, I lead a team that's focused on uh, targeted quantitation of large molecule biomarkers and, and biotherapeutics, um, specifically using LCMS detection strategies. And as you also mentioned, I'm particularly interested in the combination in, of uh, amino affinity techniques with LCMS detection strategies. Uh, I've been with the company uh, for 13 years, and uh, this this specific group was started uh, around 12 years ago, um, and so we've been at this for, for quite a while. As we mentioned, the topic today is hybrid bioanalytical assays, and what are they, and why would you choose to do one? So, Steve, define for everybody listening, because hybrid can mean different things to different people, what it means in this context of hybrid bioanalytical assay. Yes, indeed. In fact, I think the terminology is important because it, it can get confusing. I see it get confused within our biological community uh, with regard to what 
defines a hybrid assay. It is, in uh, it is, in my opinion, the combination of immunoaffinity with mass spectrometry. Now, in practice, it's the combination of immunoaffinity with liquid chromatography mass spectrometry. And I think that's sometimes where the, the definition of hybrid assay can get a little bit confusing, especially for anybody new to the area of LCMS, because you may define liquid chromatography and mass spectrometry as a hybrid assay, the combination of two different separation techniques. But as our bioanalytical businesses developed, we have seen that this combination of immunoaffinity capture of our analyte of interest, along with mass spectrometry detection and quantitation of that analyte of interest has developed been into a very powerful and flexible approach to large molecule analysis, particularly that applied to protein bioanalysis. Now, I can expand on that somewhat because protein bioanalysis can come in the shape and form of biotherapeutic drug bioanalysis or also biomarker bioanalysis, endogenous biomarkers, which are, are proteins. And in both of these areas, we've developed a, a lot of experience and practical applications. We can really approach the challenge of these analytes by either digesting down to a peptide fragment of that protein and capturing either the intact protein with an immune affinity handle or even a combination of an immune affinity capture of the protein and any digested peptides into what is sometimes referred to as a sequential affinity capture assay. We can, we can do so with a variety of mass spectrometry platforms, um, very well known and established in the bioanalytical community is the triple quadrupole mass spectrometer. But more recently, the use of the high resolution mass spectrometer has also shown excellent application. And that is something that we've uh, really pushed the, uh, the ball forward here with regard to the, uh, the application of high resolution mass spectrometry. We can also use different types of chromatography um, when I say liquid chromatography, that is in itself for something of a general term. We can look at different phases, stationary phases of chromatography. We can also use different flow rates and sizes of chromatography columns from conventional chromatography liquid chromatography columns to microflow chromatography columns and even nanocapillary columns and all of these different uh, formats of chromatography we've built into our hybrid assays at some stage in our um, in our tenure history of of working with these techniques so barry do you want to add anything to that 
Yeah, yeah. Just one one comment, and and uh, agree with Steve that really the, the defining characteristic is that is that combination of immuno affinity uh, with uh, mass spec detection, um, and then there's many permutations of the actual assay format from there. And when we mentioned triple quad and HRMS, and then we mentioned bottom up or top down, I just want to clarify that bottom up is not relegated to triple quadrupole detection, and top down just for uh, high resolution mass spectrometry. Really, high resolution mass spectrometry we found in our hands to, to drive selectivity and sensitivity, uh, even with bottom-up based approaches. So uh, define for the audience, just in case, the difference between bottom-up and top-down. With a bottom-up uh, approach where we are uh, measuring a large peptide or protein, and we're, we're doing that by digesting down with a, an enzyme that digest to specific proteolytic fragments that we then follow as a signature or a surrogate to that intact protein or peptide. Whereas with top-down, the intent is to measure that peptide or protein intact without digestion to a surrogate or signature peptide. Barry, why? what is the application or why would someone choose to do this hybrid assay? The main reasons I'd say to use a hybrid immunoaffinity LCMS assay format are related to, to, to both selectivity and, and sensitivity, and they're really interconnected. Um, from a selectivity perspective, we, we may need to leverage unique specificity of an antibody reagent for our assay. An example there may be uh, a free biomarker measurement uh, where we're looking to measure the uh, biomarker that is not bound to drug. We need that specificity of the antibody reagent to, in order to do that. Another example can, can be when we use say, an anti-human FC capture of a humanized monoclonal antibody therapeutic in, in preclinical species for a, a generic assay format. And there are other examples of that. In terms of sensitivity, when that's the driver, uh, here examples would include uh, low abundant protein biomarkers or, or even protein therapeutics in, in, say, in clinical applications where an immunoassay was not successful and low limits of quantitation are required of the assay, say, in the, in the low uh, to mid picogram per mil uh, levels. In these cases, this, the, the sensitivity is driven in part, at least, by low-flow liquid chromatography that Steve had mentioned, uh, and where ultimate sensitivity is required, nanoflow chromatography or, or sub-microliter per minute flow rates is needed. Uh, and um, the, the columns and the tubings uh, required for that are, are, have very narrow inner diameters. Uh, and, and in order to, to use that well and in a robust way, uh, we need very pure extracts. And that's where we can leverage antibody-based purifications to enable that robust and, and sensitive downstream uh, LCMS application. Yeah, I think I would just add to what Barry has said there when that, that question about why would you go to a hybrid assay format. Often we, we get into that discussion with our clients when they have been trying to address a biological assay with a ligand binding approach. And that has just not met the levels of selectivity or analytical rigor. And they will turn to whether LCMS with the hybrid assays can actually add anything over these those ligand binding assays. And sometimes it can, it can't, I'm not saying that it always does, but we've got plenty of good examples now where it's proved to be another excellent tool in the bioanalytical scientist's toolbox to be able to, to solve those bioanalytical challenges. Steve, uh, talk a little bit about when you first had experience with hybrid assays. 
Yes, this goes back now, if I really think back, I think it goes back to around about the 2009 timeframe. It was around then that we we saw the opportunity to be able to combine the immune affinity with with uh, with LCMS. We certainly weren't the first group of scientists to do that. In fact, we were one of our first early applications was with uh, Hendrik Newberg and his work around human beta nerve growth factor, and that was a bioanalytical assay where we really uh, had to dig deep in terms of our scientific uh, bench strength to be able to apply this such a hybrid assay, an immune affinity LCMS assay, to clinical sample analysis. I think up to that point, the, 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 the thought was that this was a technique that was still very much reserved for the, um, the R&D laboratory, um, but we had a real practical need to, to analyze thousands of clinical samples and uh, it turned out that this was the that the approach which was um, best applicable to, to addressing that problem and since then we've tackled dozens of programs and, and applications in fact it's I would say it's one of the fastest growing areas of, of our business um, it did start out with a uh, using this technique on a triple quadrupole LCMS system, um, but it's now graduated onto the, the high resolution mass spec as, as we've mentioned. Uh, in the early days, it also started out with uh, nanofloor chromatography. So we jumped in with both feet at the uh, in, in terms of some of the most complicated biological work that we could do, but it was necessary for the problem that we were trying to, to solve. And we had a, something of a pedigree in uh, doing nanofloor chromatography from the past, and we were able to leverage that and apply it to, to this particular biological need. So, so yes, it's been a, an interesting last decade, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Barry, what are the challenges of these particular assays? It's a good question, Chris, and I'd, I think I'd, I'd first point you to a recent publication in the Journal of, of Clinical Chemistry. It's actually this this month's uh, February issue of Clinical Chemistry uh, with a special report. Here, the um, lead authors, Hendrik Neubert of, of Pfizer, as we've mentioned before, where, where we do overview hybrid immunoaffinity LCMS approaches. This article is specific to protein biomarkers, but the, the challenges, gaps, and opportunities that we discuss in that, in that article are, are, are broadly applicable and can give quite a, a comprehensive answer to that question. But, but I would call out a, a specific challenge, which uh, is the, the breadth of expertise required to do this well in the lab. There's immunoanalytical aspects to the workflows. We've talked about low flow chromatography, high resolution mass spectrometry, all call for unique skill sets that that not any one person really possesses all at once. Uh, so this does call for diverse teams with a, a wide variety of skills that we need to share those learnings across the disciplines within our team. So uh, our own hiring strategies have been consistent with this as we, we look for scientists with, with diverse skills and, and experiences to put together in this team to do these well. Steve, is there anything you'd like to add to that? No, I don't think so. I think um, Barry's covered that well. It's uh, it's obviously it's a very flexible technique, but at the same time, it does require that knowledge base um, to be able to 
pull the various um, permutations that uh, are available to you together into a, into a successful assay. So we, we very much do rely heavily upon the, uh, the skills that we've established in the laboratory. It's, it's always a question of fully understanding what the problem is you're trying to, to solve. It's not a cookie cutter approach to bioanalysis. We have some very powerful and flexible tools at our disposal, but we need to select them appropriately to be able to solve the bioanalytical challenge in question. So often we have to start from first principles of really understanding what the objective of the assay is and then customize the assay to be able to, to meet those unique needs. Is there sort of a workflow in, in, in deciding, not necessarily the workflow of the actual experiment, but <clears throat> is it top down, bottom up? How much are we expecting to see? Does that determine that? And then what type of chromatography we use? And then what we're looking for in the mass spectrometer? Is there kind of a reasonable way to go through that process? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take a stab at it first, and I'm sure Barry will probably add to this one. But um, you don't want to make the assay more complicated than it needs to be. And that's always something that we're very cognizant of. We're also um, cognizant of the need to have a robust assay. So you can develop a complicated, very sensitive assay, but if it doesn't have the necessary robustness to be able to handle the, um, uh, the numbers of samples that you're going to be analyzing, the variety of those samples, and be able to be um, workable in the hands of a number of analysts in your lab so you have that flexibility, then that can turn into a, a problem further down the line for you. So um, we're always looking to have the, the simplest assay that we we can have, but that that still meets the needs. Yeah, agree with that. And and you know, it's a it, it can be a complicated roadmap to a final assay. And uh, one of the main questions at, at the beginning is, you know, what's the required sensitivity? And that does drive a lot of the a lot of the downstream decisions. But we don't want to overcomplicate the assay, and we want to have throughput and robustness as, as main considerations during that process. Exactly. So that's uh, that's helpful from my point of view that, of course, there is a sensitivity requirement and you need an assay that works well, but you can't ignore the fact that this has to be repeated maybe thousands of times and has to work every one of those in the exact same way. So... Well, it's that, and we also have these assays working in a regulated lab. Um, we fully anticipate and expect to need to defend this uh, to regulatory authorities. That's the expectations of so many of these assays that we, we work with. So it, it all needs to be thoroughly thought out and conducted in a manner that is very reproducible. And I'm sure making it not making it complicated probably goes a long way to making it easier to explain to the regulatory authority. It, it does, indeed, it does. Yes. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about the future potential of these hybrid assays. Where do you see this area going? And 
Well, we've talked in the last 20 minutes or so about the flexibility of these assays. And that, I think, speaks also to the potential that they have for the, for the future. Um, certainly, driving sensitivity is, uh, it, it seems to be um, uh, uh, an objective that there's no end to. Um, when I have these discussions with colleagues in the biological community, that question often comes up of, do we have enough sensitivity yet? And the real answer is that we'll always take more sensitivity because more sensitivity can actually give you some advantages in terms of that question we were just talking about with regard to robustness. But I think that fundamental point about more sensitivity um, and associated with that is more selectivity is going to be part of still the, the future adoption of these hybrid assays. Uh, we have needs already. We can see needs for looking at uh, quantifying proteins in very small samples, say tissue biopsies. Uh, so moving away from the liquid biological matrices into, into tissues. I think there's opportunities there that the hybrid assays will be applicable to. We touched on the intact analysis rather than digesting down to a surrogate peptide of your analyte of interest, but actually looking at the intact protein. I think that is going to continue to gain a lot of attention. It's, it's what we would all ideally like to do. And I think the high resolution mass spectrometry platforms have a, uh, an application there, but exactly as Barry said, that high resolution mass spectrometry is also such a powerful technique for looking at the, um, the, the bottom up approaches where we, we're trying to get more selectivity, more sensitivity from surrogate peptide approaches. And then I think just the fact that we have this flexible detector on the back of these hybrid assays, this mass spectrometer, opens up more potential for multiplexing rather than looking at just one analyte of interest, but the potential there for being able to look at panels, families of analytes, that are most likely to be related to each other, but something whereby we don't have to have the most selectivity with our immune affinity step of the assay, but rather leveraging that selectivity of the LCMS at the back end of the mass spectrometer allows you to be able to, to do a uh, multiplexing, and as I say, looking at um, panels of analytes of interest. So I think those are the things which I would pull out as uh, aspects that I see as the future of the the hybrid asset. Yeah, and, and and those are the ones that we can we can predict. You know, I I think especially considering the the, the rate of the increasing complexity of, of modern therapeutics, um, you know, we maybe can't predict all of the potential applications uh, of this this hybrid technology. Right. But that the multiplexing gets my attention, for example, the ability to look at multiple target analytes from a single, possibly very small sample that you're talking about when you pull all those future dreams together. Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it comes back to what is the question you're trying to, to answer? Is it to have a 
qualitative assay on a panel of analytes of interest, or is it to have definitive quantitation of several of those? Um, today, we're more in the world of that definitive quantitation of one or two analytes of interest, but um, but I think this is where it's going to evolve as we as as we further the discipline. And multiplexing may also involve not just uh, uh, you know distinctly separate uh, analytes, but uh, perhaps different isoforms of the of the same analyte that would uh, not be distinguishable with other platforms. Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, Dr. Stephen Lowe's and Dr. Barry Jones, thank you so much for this informative discussion. I'll point out that the issue of clinical chemistry that Barry Jones referenced is volume 66, issue number two, that's February of 2020. Listeners will be able to find a link to that in the show notes of this episode and in the transcript. Listeners can learn more about Q Squared Solutions at Q, the number two, labsolutions.com and look for a white paper on this topic coming soon. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. It was enjoyable talking to you. My pleasure.